0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hello, family and friends. I'm Renette Marburg, ready to meet with you on my program, Rise. On this program, we have honest and truthful conversations around family challenges relevant to you. Rise! on Radio K Pulpit 729 AM Finding God's truth for a way forward together. Good afternoon, family and friends, and it's wonderful to be with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on my program called Rise. I'm Renette Marburg on 7 to 9 a.m. And I would love to encourage you just to join us this afternoon um, on this beautiful program that we are going to really discuss something very um, pertinent that we don't often think of. And as you know, this is a program that we will give you hope wisdom and guidance and knowledge when real life happens in the family. We often discuss relevant and often unspoken um, issues in the family in truth and in love. This afternoon, we're going to discuss how do we co-parent successfully in divorced, single, blended families and as you know this is the time of the year where children are under a lot of pressure with the exams students young ones little ones um, the year has been long and uh, we've had a difficult year behind us how do we stand as parents equally understanding our children and being there for them and amicably between us as, as adults and as parents. And I just want to encourage you this afternoon. We've got Andre Basadnot. He has his master's in practical theology. He's been three years, uh, studied uh, psychology and four years in Lush Angel, um theology and 17 years in the ministry as a pastor and head of nonprofit organizations. And he has got quite a, he's got a journey of his own. And I would love you people to just stay tuned and listen to this incredible Um, wisdom and knowledge of how to co-parent in spite of when real life happens in life. So just uh, stay tuned with us. We're going to have him on the line shortly and we are going to first listen to Brit Nicole, Amazing Life. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us this afternoon. Um, André Vesadnotch, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that you, you've had such a wonderful experience um, on the topic that we are going to be dealing with. Um, I just want to remind our listeners that you're welcome. I'm just going to just tell you that you can contact us on our WhatsApp number on 81 and SMS us on 37988. Telegram us on 081-729-1657. And please go on our Facebook page on 729 cops Council and 729 Cape Pulpit. And we are so busy on that Facebook. And you can meet and see some of our um, pre- presenters. And um, please go and interact with us. We'd love to get to know you as well. And if you want to know anything about our uh, programs or our um, Guests, please contact us on our WhatsApp numbers, and our counseling department is on zero two one nine one double seven triple O and option one, and we can see how we can help you guide you or pray for you so please contact us and um, but this afternoon we're really going to have a very interesting topic we know our children are struggling at the moment Uh, there's so many influences and so many things happening in families and uh, you know Andre we have got uh, so many divorced blended single parenting uh, you know problem children at school struggling at school and yet we fail our children with co-parenting so I would love you just to share with us you know your own experiences if you can possibly share with us if you don't mind and we are also wanting to really get see what you have got that you have noticed over the years in ministry Um, what has been the main problem where we do not uh, co-parent amicably, and with the children's well-being at all times being the main priority?
1: Yeah, look, that's quite a loaded question. Um, when it comes to, to co-parenting, uh, you know, obviously God's design is that one, you know, God wants both parents in the house. And obviously our stats in our country are now moving towards uh, a rather dismal uh where the majority of our kids come from broken homes or single homes where mothers are raising the kids without a father in sight altogether. So, you know, just coming from the youth ministry perspective, you know, um, I, one of the things that always stood out to me was that, you know, you've got these kids from broken homes that are just insecure in themselves. You know, so when you, when, you know, whenever you read any of the, the, the parenting books, you will notice in the child's development stages that they, you know, on the one side, one time of their life they will be gravitating towards the mother because they're feeding off the mother, and the father gets a bit jealous, um, and they're growing because they're now connecting to their mother, and then at another stage, developmental stage, they will gravitate towards their father. And the mother gets a bit jealous, but it's just according to their own internal needs. So as they're growing up, they actually need both parents. That is the bottom line. Uh, When I did my master's degree, I did it in the breakdown of the family, and this was actually before I myself got divorced. And I realized that um, they still got to have a role model, a strong male figure in their life. And, you know, obviously when I got divorced, I, uh, you know, I, I never wanted to be part of a stat. I never wanted to let my kids grow up in a, a situation where they are a stat. So, you know, I realized that, you know, I was in new water myself. Um, you know, I made a lifetime commitment and so did my, my wife, Shirley, at the time. And, you know, when that went wrong. Um you know there's a lot of internal adjustments that you that you have to make and and I think the one thing that I needed to do was just gain perspective um you know and the perspective i i think I really needed to gain most of on who I am as a person
0: yes yes My
1: father mm. and you know we you know we grew up in a home where we had the single best perfect role model as a father you just you couldn't get a better father than the person that we had at the home in our home, and now I was out of the home, and how do I replicate that in a way that still gives my kids all that in, internal thing? so that was my journey and uh yeah, and your kids. You know your kids' uh, um, security, internal security. Obviously, we you know we we got the biblical cliches, you know that our security is in the Lord. But God, for two parents, reason, and that and raising kids is a it's a it's a double edged sword, mother and father. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and uh, just tell me, you know, uh, obviously you've been in ministry for many years, and, uh, you know, what has been the main aspect of uh, what do you find uh, parents struggling with to be able to actually advocate this, you know, this uh, model and actually meet the needs of the children?
1: Perspective. You know, the parent, you know, whether it's the mother or the father, normally, in you know, when I studied, I, I picked up that in, in the, the culprit was normally on the father's side. And, you know, they move on, and they become very selfish and very intrinsic, and they the world revolves around them, and they're looking forward to their own future, and they actually neglect. So they themselves, both parents actually need to if they want to adopt any kind of model, and it's more principle than a model or a practice. You know, I, I prefer to work with principles. The principle is your kid needs both parents. And at the same time, um, it's, whatever happened between you and your wife has got nothing to do with that kid. They shouldn't be in the middle. They shouldn't be spoken through. And they should be never... Put up one against the other. So I, I think that often is one of the biggest issues was you, you, that are picked up that it's easy. It's so easy to fall into the trap where one parent is using the kids and and not always consciously, really not consciously.
0: Yes, knowing what, and knowing um, the, um, you
1: don't even know you're doing it. You know, you just mm-hmm. muttering under your breath about. The your ex-spouse and you know the kid picks up on that. And one of the things that I picked up with having raising boys is that these kids are in the adolescence and uh, they're going through. There's a lot of changes going through anyway. They're going through all these transitions in life. There's puberty that's that's happening. They're moving out of that. Phase uh, where they actually having a look at the world around them, and you know whatever the parents said was gospel before, and they now look around. And they say, okay, wait a minute, my friend's parent says that, and my another parent says this, you know, and now they started to weigh up all this information. They're looking on the internet, and they you know information's coming coming at them at a rapid rate. It's an information overload out there. Now they're processing all of that. So that's another transition that they're going through mm-hmm. from just trusting their parents blindly to actually now having a developing a, a, a broader worldview. So there's that transition. So then another transition that they're going through is they're now moving from, in, my, in, in our case, was that they're moving from primary school to high school. And, you know, now all of a sudden moving from being big fish and now all of a sudden moving into high school where they're the small fish again. But so then managing all of these transitions in life and then still to go and internally manage this huge, huge, uh, life-changing transition, um, that is one of the things that I had to realize. And I realized that, and my eldest son, uh, when I left the home and only saw, I mean, I saw them most days, but at night I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and you know he was he hears a noise outside and the kid was hardly sleeping and he's now running around uh, the you know the yard with a, a hockey stick because he's trying to protect his mom and um you know and and I found that very sad when I heard things like that um and I I'm, and I just wanted him to be thirteen now he wasn't supposed to I didn't want him to miss his, his childhood at all. Um, mm-hmm. So those are maybe one or two of the things uh, that I found um, are, are problematic. And then the other one, of course, is collaboration. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Parents don't always collaborate. And um, one of the things that Shirley and I did, we did very, very uh, verbally and demonstratively. We said we made sure that they understood that when they were born, they were both born out of love. They really were. And out of true love. And things went wrong. Um, and we, I will say to confess that we and and also forgiveness more than once. Yes. About leaving the home and about not applying the biblical uh, model that God gave us um, for for the family so and out of that I had to suck up you know there's a lot of self pride and you know we we end up justifying our things and uh, our decisions and in the end you know God's word is God's word and you know but with that um, I I also never wanted them to feel that irrespective if I was in the home or not that I did take care of their mother Mm. and there was times when I went through horrific financial uh, tough times. Very, very fortunate that uh, Shirley's parents were able to step in at times when I couldn't. Um, really godly people. And, you know, and I had to recognize all of that uh, and navigate my own journey through that. You know, I was going through my own stuff. You know, when you go through a divorce, you know, you there's no... There's not one person that can tell me that, yes, they, they, it didn't affect them internally and emotionally. And I think uh, one of the things that I don't like to be governed by negative emotions. And, when you know, as soon as there's things like regret, um, resentment, anger, you know, you have to take those things to the Lord.
0: And um, not you know, to your times- children.
1: Yeah, and, and there were times when Shirley was angry at me and there were times that I was angry at her and, um, because we both made lifetime commitments. And, you know, uh, you know the Bible is very clear in Ephesians 6 that our battle is not against flesh and blood. You know, it's against forces and principalities. So yes. even that battle, you know, we, we battle those things on our knees. And, um, you know, so those are some of the things that did work for us. But we didn't get it right always, eh? You know, we didn't always get it right. That's a fact. And if you go to my sphere of influence, um, not one person has ever heard me say anything negative about my ex. Not one person. I speak to this day, I speak highly of her. I up-talk her. Um, when people come, obviously, people have got this thing, okay, you're divorced now, and they kind of take sides. And I never tolerated anybody saying anything negative about her. I know she, I, you know, I look and the note clearly that she's still probably one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my whole life. And, that, and that's a fact. Anybody anybody who knows her uh, knows that to be true. It didn't work out in, in our marriage. Um, and, you know, that while it wasn't working out, there was no third party involved. It was just a long, uh, process of drifting apart, but that's mm-hmm. a different story, a different debate. So yeah, um, you know, child security and mm-hmm. collaborating. You know, if ever if <laughs> if ever one of the kids came to me and said to me, "Hey, Dad, you know, I want X, Y, and Z, I will, or I want to do X, Y, and Z," our first question was always, "Have you spoken to your mother about it?" Yes. And she would do the same. And um, you know, no you haven't, okay, so you go to your mom and just tell her this is my thoughts, but or I'll give oh I'll give Shirley a ring and say to you, Listen, yeah, this is what your kid wants to do or this is what he wants. Let's chat about it. Um, numerous calls over the years where Shirley would call me and say, Listen, yeah, um, you know, this boy's this son of a Cole is going through this or Caleb's going to this and we discuss it and we work on a preferable future between the two of us on the, and the rollout. And mm. that united front,
0: even yes. though we're, we
1: we were living in different homes and I was actually dating somebody else, um, she would, we still had, when it came to parenting, we were still a united front. Yes. And that, that is, Definitely, definitely a, um, a a key aspect to to our, mm-hmm. our, and I don't want to say success. You know, to me, I was, I think personally, I was more focused on, very much like my father, he was yes. more focused on significance than being successful. So, you know, yes. so if you can, if you yes, can actually yes, define yes, being, yes. being significant to your kid, mm. then not just picking a success box, okay, yes, I've reached this mm. level, I reached this mm. level, because you know there were times when. When I failed, failed,
0: (laughs) but look, we're going to to have to just take a break quickly and listen to a a beautiful track by Guillaume and Jean. Sorry to interrupt you there, Andre, but we can carry on with this conversation straight after this. And it's a wonderful uh, local uh, team, and it's called This Is Our Worship. We'll catch up with you straight afterwards and stay tuned. Rise with Renette Myberg. Finding God's truth for the way forward, together. Good afternoon, and thank you for staying tuned with us this afternoon on my program called Rise. I'm Renette Maibug, and we're on 7 to 9 a.m. this afternoon, but I think we are touching touching a very sensitive topic this afternoon. We have Andre Besebnet. He's been uh, uh, in the past been a pastor for the youth for many, many years. So welcome, Andre, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And I know we are dealing with something very sensitive but very important very important about co parenting our children through the dis- different stages of life. And often, the children, um, you know, families break up at a very young age, or daddies leave, and uh, mommies are single, and they take up so much responsibility, and they're exhausted, and they have to start working. So it ends up being almost two absent parents at the same time. So, um, you know, I know you've dealt with many youth uh, on these uh, and council many uh, young people going through these issues, and I know you've been through your own um what is the prior para- sorry priorities <laughs> can you believe that uh, priorities <laughs> of a parent um that they need to stay vigilant and be aware of the status of their f- biological children um first and foremost. Before they, you know, they deal with another family that comes on the scene. As you mentioned, you had also previous relationships where there are other children involved. How do you navigate these different um, influences and different things that come into children's lives that can really upset them and confuse them?
1: Yeah, look, you you're dealing with a very sensitive topic when you when you mentioned me when you mentioned these blended these jigsaw families. I like to call them jigsaw families, mm. where you know you got different uh, families from different backgrounds, and now all of a sudden you're putting them together. So you've got a few scenarios in that. You've got one where you've got a mother that's going to get remarried, and now. She, to somebody that's actually bringing other kids into the family, Mm. that really is a a difficult one on its own. And then, of course, if you do, and as it was in my case, where I started dating somebody that um, had a son of her own and that kid didn't know his own father. And I had to have that discussion with my own boys And this kid looked after me as a as a fatherly figure, and he also and as one of my my youngest son actually said to me one day, he also deserves a father like me, like I've got, and he also deserves somebody to love him as much as you love me. So my kid was still in primary school, and he highlighted that to me as a a father, and again any perspective you know our, our kids are, are they our teachers are. and so this young boy I have you know I, I loved him and I loved him I, to this day I love him dearly that relationship didn't work out but I love him dearly I love him like I love my own son um, but at the same time he wasn't my biological son so I and even there were times when I knew that uh, uh, uh I, I love them all equally but at the same time I just there's always that you're holding on to your own two boys, you know, my one I call my sunshine boy and the other one is my pride and joy and you know, I look at these two boys and I've poured my whole life into them and I never let you don't you don't do one thing to the detriment of another. So like if I'm gonna love another kid and who deserves to be loved. And if we did get married and we did, uh, you know, and I did adopt him, he deserves to be loved by me. He didn't know his own father um, as much as any kid should be. And we all adopted into the kingdom. So, And God loves us wholeheartedly, unconditionally. And he needed that kind of unconditional love from me. But at the same time, never to the detriment of my own kids and there were times when my own kids obviously it's a natural thing they would say you know what you're spending more time with that kid um you know why aren't you spending time with us and um when we're doing something and i've always spent a lot of time with my boys we did outdoor stuff we were permanently outdoors uh that's that's when i've got the undivided attention whether we're walking around the felt, looking at animals or in the sea diving cliff jumping whatever um they also said, Dad, we want time where it's just us and Ed. we don't want him to come along every single time. Time it's okay. So you gotta manage that, you know, you've got to have a lot of wisdom, a lot of discernment, make your mistakes. And you know, you've literally um, you know, you've literally gotta to take time and look at them and say, you know what, what do they actually need as kids? Yes. All relationships, my relationship with my ex, my relationship while I was married, my relationship with my boys, all revolves around expectations. And expectations that are met and expectations that are not met. And unfortunately, the majority of the expectations are not spoken. So you get spoken expectations Mm. and you get expectations that are not spoken. You know, an a example would be that, you know, husband comes home at night, he flops himself uh, in front of a TV he's tired and he just, you know, he just wants to grab an ice-cold Coke and have a sip and, you know, the wife might be expecting, you know what, you've neglected changing the plug now for over three months. I expect you to do that, but in her mind, it's, she's building up a, resent, a resentment. Um, because he's not doing the maintenance around the house. He just comes home and he flops and grabs his coat. Your kids have got expectations. And you think to yourself, what expectations could a five, six-year-old um, um, yes, have? Yes,
0: very important.
1: But they do have. They've got expectations. You know, they've got a little bit of expectation. You look at any four, five-year-old kid. The father walks out of the house, and he doesn't go back in two weeks. She looks at that door and, and expects him to come home. To in. To come. Mm. And he says, I'm going to be at your birthday party. And she's going to say to you. you, oh, I, I understand that you're busy. And that's why you couldn't make it. But she, in, internally, she in, expects it. Yes. They get older. They get into high school. And if you're not communicating with your kid, yeah. and one day when they suddenly... Pop, they're going to say surely, or they might be saying this to their friends, they might be saying this to another family member, or to a counsellor, yeah. they're saying surely, if he was a father, yeah. he would mm. and, and what's going to come out? Expectations that's exactly yeah. what's going to come out, all expectations that they had in, on the inside of them. Mm. So yeah you know, you've got to debrief your kids and talk to them, mm. they need to be able to express the emotions um, mm. long before the divorce uh, we used to sit with the kids and say, well, tell me all your your negative feelings and put words to them. Yes, um,
0: and it's hard for uh, little ones uh, to actually verbalize because they don't want to cause more ruptures and yeah, they don't and, know uh, where they uh, are uh, where they yeah, in um, the whole breakup and you know, they want to burden the mother, they don't want to upset the father because they spend so little time. And uh, this is such a painful, painful, painful journey that most children have to yeah. walk. Um, but, you know, I feel, sorry, I just, I just feel that I would love us to continue with this conversation. Because, and give it a little bit more time um, on the practicalities mm-hmm. of what we can do as a family together. So I, I think so. we just need to get onto the next uh, tune and then we can just spend a little bit of time on exactly that um, how do we actually hear them and how do we feel and how do we understand them in these phases? They're just little people and we, with our adult decisions, just expect them to understand. So, Andre, I would like you just to continue with this before we start another point. Um, It's very, very uh, important what you're going to share with us right now. So, let us just listen to Stay Amazed by Courtney Jonas and um, please stay tuned with us. This is vitally important. It's not too Late. It's not too late to make changes within your family demographics and be there for your children. But we're going to first listen to Stay Amazed and we'll continue with this conversation with Andre straight afterwards. Renette Myberg on Radio K Pulpit 729 AM. Thank you for listening to us this afternoon. That was Courtney Jonas. Stay amazed. And we just want to encourage you with a word, especially with this topic that we are dealing with. He says, The Lord will guide you always, He will satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And that is Isaiah 58, verse 17. Uh, Sorry, 11. And we just need to be encouraged that whatever we are going through as families, this is the time where we need to acknowledge him and he will show our ways. And with the topic that we are dealing with now is probably the most important in this broken world that we are living in right now. And we have Andre Bissette who is going to give us some, uh, uh, you know, encouraging pointers of how to navigate our families that have been divorced, blended, or single parenting, how do we cope with these extra pressures and how, who is the priority in this equation? And that should be the children. Am I right, Andre?
1: Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the, well, I believe that one of the, the key factors is that you're always working from the kid's understanding backwards to where you understand things. Because unfortunately, what we do do is because we're older um, and because we believe that we are more mature, uh, we become very prescriptive on how to parent these kids. And um, and we need to work back from the kid's perspective. You know, one of the perspectives that, that uh, I know that my oldest son had at one stage was he Somehow or other, felt that he was part of the reason uh, for us getting divorced, and there was nothing, nothing, nothing. Both of us, we loved our kids. We were phenomenal. uh, Had a phenomenal relationship with our kids, and it will never ever be the kids' fault. But something in an older kid, an older sibling, actually feels that they could have done something more to keep their parents together. Mm. And even after the divorce, they're always looking for opportunities on how they can get parents back to together reconcile. in some sort of way. Yes. So, yeah, they just want them to reconcile, you know, and it's such a burden on a young kid. And so with all of that, uh, I, I definitely try to spend time with both my kids on what are their individual coping mechanisms and they were different. The one kid um, is more in the box, kind of uh, black and white and everything's in a frame. And my youngest one is, you know, who needs a box? Why are we talking about boxes? We don't do that. You know, he's my flower child. you ask him to focus on something and he's gonna look all over the place and say, why? So you take a different coping coping mechanisms but at the same time the younger one internalized things a lot longer than the older one so that you know practically you, their coping me- mechanisms are, are their coping, uh, coping mechanisms are individual and at the same time you've got to spend time with them, you've got to be able to read the signs you've got to be able to understand them mm. and even, if when, even when I moved a thousand kilometers away um, I was away for six months, working in a in, in a in a different city altogether. And in that process, I realised no, geographically, and I was going from one job to another job, a very very lucrative, excellent uh, reward based system. And I knew that I had to make a, a, a value decision, move closer to my boys. So, a practical tip number one for me would always be. Be in close proximity to your kid, mm. um, when I was up in job for for six months uh, a little bit longer, I still tried to stay connected and you know, that was definitely a good tip. I spoke to my kids every single night yes. but then them, yes. you know but at the same time, my youngest one just broke down crying one night and just said, "Dad, I'm missing you, and can't you come home and I said a oh, boy, you know what? I'm actually making a decision in this conversation to make sure that I'm within one month I'm going to be, or two months I was going to be back home. It took me a little bit longer; it took me two and a half months, but I found myself back mm. in East London, where we were living at the time.
0: Mm. So, 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 you're then, basically saying that you know, a person must have constant communications if you now have distance all or the time, not. Yeah, all the time. And I mean, you fathers need to take up their role if they are in the house, if they are in new families, if they are in uh-huh. new relationships. This never <laughs> needs to stop because those children uh-huh. are gifts and God has given us those gifts as children and we need to continuously nurture them and be there for them.
1: Very well said. My son, uh, elder son, um, we probably communicate three or four times a week and he's 22. My youngest son was going through a period of time when he was just trying to work out his own future and he wanted to develop in all areas of his life. So we spent three um, we, we spent three and a half months having going through a couple of books in the scriptures. So we first went through the book of uh, Luke and then we went through the book of Hebrews. Sorry, it was the other way around. We went through the book of Hebrews, then we went through the book of Luke. Every day we took a scripture, and in our personal quiet time, we would actually go and spend time with God, make a couple of notes, and then I would phone him every morning at quarter to seven, and we would have a 45-minute 40, chat literally on his personal development in all areas of his life, his financial life, his physical life, his emotional life, his uh, career life, and we would actually, and I actually mentored all those area as much as I could. You know, obviously, coaching is a personal thing for a kid as well. You know, it's a two way stream. Um, and but I coached him through his, and I took that responsibility. I, had to. I mean, obviously, I had to. I mean, I'm a father, and that's what fathers do. Yes. And if that's missing, I, I don't. I, to be really honest, if you're not coaching your son, or you're not mentoring your son. Somebody else is going to do it. Yes, and that that could be peers, that could be mm. that could be what is on the other end of the screen. Um, and that could be another adult uh, that you don't want him to go down that road.
0: Yes. So I just want to just close yeah. up. We we nearly at the end of our our session. Um. Just give us a, you know the last impact statement that you'd make is like possibly that parents must communicate with each other even first and foremost, yeah. and at all times be aware of each other's our children's sta- uh, status and emotional status as we know that our young ones are going to through two through ex- exams and at this uh, this time of the year, and they've got lots of pressure, so you need to stay close, so it's never too late. Uh-huh. Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, one of, one of the things that I've I realised right throughout parenting is that your response will always be um, will determine whether your kids come back to you or not. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah, so if you if you respond in any kind of negativity, uh, they're going to be a little bit more hesitant about coming to you next time. So. Mm. You've got to keep. You've got to keep keep the communication open. I'm, you know, open sometimes hearted, I'm jumping open, on the. As yes. a uh, father, you sometimes jumping on the inside. You know, you, mm. oh, my, goodness, you my son, you are saying this to me. You know, but you got to keep a calm head. And you, I mean, that 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 goes across all parenting. And then, of course, you've got to make co-parenting work for you. And you've got to make. We chose to go joint custody. To me, that's the ideal. Um, yes. You know, and unless one of the one of the parents is problematic and has got addiction problems, or you know, there's issues mm. that you don't want to expose your kid to all the time, yes. and, it's, and 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 a controlled environment is is you know is obviously needed. That's a different story, but in general, you know, joint custody to me is the ideal, and of course. Uh, you've got to make that ideal work for you. You've got it to make the that joint with yes, And so I of yes. that access to me all the time. But then I also, as a father, as a person, had to make sure that I was accessible, that they could At just the say what they time. want, whenever yes. they want and they need to do it. And then, of course, the another key point is when you do date, date very carefully, date very thoughtfully. You don't want your father or mother to be you know, who's dipping in and out of relationships And dating this one And it's working for a week And then it's locked And the mothers yes. put it all over Facebook And then the next one, you know She's like, okay Now then she's off on another tangent And mm. now she's bad-mouthing The father and the ex on, so, You know, yes. you don't want to. So, yeah, yeah So those are, those are couple of, some of the yes. things That I honestly believe um, Are vital Are, are, are absolutely vital Shame, and then on oh, the
0: shame. sorry man um so we on on the verge our news team has to come in and um but thank you so much, andre, if you want to just leave a last point quickly, and then we can uh, continue just to end the program
1: um, in the end, your kid's going respond to life the way they respond they that's exactly what happens you know you could, I've seen parents are doing it all right, and the kid responds negatively. So if you know your kids well enough and you can see them going off on a tangent or going off, they're coming out of the barrel of the gun but it's not on the target and they can miss that target, you should know your kid well enough. And if you don't know your kid well enough, it doesn't matter if the kid is 14, 24 or 34. Get to know, get them. To know them. Get to know amen. them and get to know amen. them. Amen, amen, amen. Get to know them. You know, you're still a parent in the situation, but you mm. can also have a close, close relationship with them. So that you can mm. guide them. So that you can guide them back, you know, and come up and let them come up with their own solutions. You'll yes, be surprised.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, thank you them so come much.
1: With Only a pleasure.
0: Okay. Thank you thank so you much for giving your time and we hope to chat to you soon again. Um, but family, just look after yourselves, be safe. And um, see you next week. But just uh, wait on for uh, Gilma Stander. She's joining us with the news. God bless. Have a great week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.